0: Grace to you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Have you ever heard the expression, someone is looking at the world through rose colored glasses? Ever heard that? Okay, now, let's be honest. How many of you, you probably have to be about my age, had rose-colored glasses? No? No? Nobody? Come on. Come on. Well, how many of you remember Marvin Zindler? Yeah, he didn't have rose-colored. What did he have? Blue glasses. Yeah. He was a, a hippie wannabe, you know. <laughs> Well, when we use that expression, someone is looking at the world through rose-colored glasses, sometimes it has a negative connotation. It means that they don't see the world as it really is. Or or sometimes it means that they're just so happy and joyful, they they put a, a different spin on everything, and everything is okay, and just be happy and don't worry about any problems. Today, I'd like to spend some time with you working through that lesson we read just a moment ago from 1 Corinthians. Now, in order to understand this lesson, you have to understand what 1 Corinthians, or Corinth, the city, was like at the time that Paul was writing to them. This is an artist rendition of what the city probably looked like. 100,000 people. It was a seaport, So they had a lot of sailors who came in and out. It was a place where you could buy anything you want at any time, day or night. Uh, It was also a a very um, prolific money center. Uh, A lot of commerce went through there, a lot of of banking. Uh, Today, it would kind of be a combination of L.A. Seaport, Las Vegas, and New York City. You know, if you put all of them together. They had pagan temples everywhere. Um, it It was a place where you could do whatever you want and get away with it. In fact, these are the ruins of what Corinth looks like today. And you can still see some of that opulence of the city, even though it's been ruined for many years. Now, if I had a call to this congregation... I think I would probably turn it down. Paul started the Corinthian church, and he spent a year and a half there. But at this point, he's writing this letter from Ephesus. And he's writing the letter because there's lots of problems in this congregation. They have all of this influence from the outside, all of the pagan world with the temples and anything that you want. But they were also having problems inside the church. The church didn't respect the teachers or the leaders. There was false theology. They were split into at least four different groups. They were arguing about everything. The Jews and the Gentiles didn't get along. They didn't talk with one another. They ate different foods. They smelled different. They looked different. It was a fractured congregation from both sides outside, and from the bitterness and hatred from the inside. And in the midst of all of these problems, St. Paul starts out this letter to the Corinthians like this, I always thank my God for you. What? In the midst of all of these problems, he says, I thank my God for you? Is Paul looking at this congregation through rose-colored glasses? Doesn't he see the problems they are having? Now, to be quite frank with you, as I read through St. Paul, I don't think of St. Paul as having a rosy disposition. That wasn't him at all. Then how could he say, I always thank my God for you? Is he just ignoring the problems? Now, he doesn't ignore the problems. In fact, later on in the book, he addresses all the problems. So how can he say, I thank my God for you? I think Paul says this because he realizes it wasn't his church. It wasn't St. Paul's church. It was God's church. The rest of the verse goes like this. I always thank my God for you because, because of God's grace given to you in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this carefully. In a sense, it's not St. Paul who's looking at this church through rose-colored glasses. It's God. I don't mean this theologically, don't get hung up on that. Symbolically, because of the blood of Christ, even though God realizes we're sinners, he sees believers beyond that. Those who are saved by the blood of Christ are changed. So, St. Paul, along with God, can say, Yeah, we are sinners, but at the same time, We're also saints, not because of what we've done, but because of that sacrificial offering of Jesus, shedding his blood on the cross for the payment of our sins. Now, in the church, sometimes they've used the word saints to mean somebody who's extraordinary or does extraordinary good deeds, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that saints are people who have been sanctified by God. They have been made holy by God. And that's what you and I are. We are made holy by God. So God sees us both as sinners and as saints. And beyond that, he says we are called. St. Paul starts out, this letter to the Corinthians by saying he has a special mission in ministry. He was called to spread the good news of Jesus to the Gentiles. But now St. Paul says, you also, as believers, as saints, as people purified by God, have a calling. He said it this way, In Jesus, you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech, with all kinds of knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. You and I are called to be in mission and ministry, right where we live, sharing that good news and the love, starting with our families, our community, our world. In our gospel lesson, we see a very interesting story. John the baptizer is baptizing people and Jesus comes down to be baptized by him in the Jordan River. And John has a group of disciples. John the baptizer has a group of disciples and a couple of them follow Jesus. One of them was Andrew. And Andrew was the brother of Simon. And it says the first thing Andrew did After he realized that this Jesus was the Savior, the Messiah, he found his brother Simon. This is Simon Peter. Think about that for a minute. If Andrew had never shared with Peter, where would we be today in the church? He was one of the strongholds of the new Christian church. He found him and he told him, We have found the Messiah. Nothing complicated. Nothing big. We found the Christ. And then he brought Simon. He brought Peter to Jesus. You see, you and I, when God looks at us, he sees that we are saints because we are purified by the blood of Christ and we are called to share God's love. And we are also not just gifted, we are not just called, we are gifted. God gives us what we need to do the work he has for us in this world. Now, each one of us has a spiritual gift given to us by God. I'll have people sometimes say to me, Pastor, I don't think I have any gifts. You do, because it's a God thing. And if you want to find out, I do have... A spiritual gifts inventory. I have some of them in the back, and I'll hand out one to you today if you want to find out what your spiritual gifts is. But St. Paul says it this way. He says, therefore, you don't lack any spiritual gift. Now, we're not talking about individuals here because each one of us have gifts, but we don't have all the gifts. I, I, I know, and I joke about this often, that I'm not the musician. Thank God for musicians. Because I could never carry a tune. But God has gifted me in other ways. So he says to this congregation, you don't lack any spiritual gifts because you're working together. And together you have them all. As we wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. As we wait for Christ to return to this world. And finally, God looks at us through those rose-colored glasses And he says, at the last day, we are blameless. St. Paul said, God, God will keep you firm to the end. This isn't our action. This is God's action. So that you will blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's either our death or Christ's return to this world. God is faithful. He has called us into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God keeps us. God is faithful. He has called us. So is God looking at you through rose-colored glasses? Yes, in a sense, he is. Because Jesus shed his blood on the cross. And if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then God sees you through that blood of Christ. And he calls you his holy saints because of his grace. And God equips you to live fulfilled lives in our world because this world is dying to know the love of God. I hope and pray today that you can see yourself like that. A saint called by God, gifted by God, forgiven by the blood of Christ to do his work in this world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord and